Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have two very special guests with us, writer-director Bobby Easley and star Michelle Morris of the movie that just got released today, and that is H.P. Lovecraft's Witch House. I want to welcome both of you. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Uh, so I love talking to guests on premiere day. You know, uh, this is not your your guys' first time around. Bobby, does it get any easier? Are you, like, nervous today? How does it feel when pre premiere day actually arrives? Um, it's like the Christmas of your movie, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's a day we've been looking forward to for uh, about four years now. Wow. Pre-production till today. And we're real excited to be here talking to you. We hope that we've done something because you want to talk to us. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about you, uh, Michelle? I mean, does it, you know, is premiere day just nerve wracking for you? How do you and feel? It's like, finally, <laughs> everybody's been asking about it for so long. And I'm like, it's coming. I swear it is. And then it's finally here. And I'm like, oh shit, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> I assume the four years uh, COVID played a big part in that delay is that accurate bobby uh it it did uh in some aspects but i feel like we used it wisely um we had some time to do some reshoots and when we worked together we figured out just alternate ways to drive the story a little harder mm -hmm. and uh, i think it worked out in our favor absolutely so bobby tell us this is a, a story based of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. What can you tell us about the original story for people out there who have never heard of this story? Well, H.P. Lovecraft uh, is probably uh, one of the best known literary horror authors out there. Before underrated, the too. I gotta yeah, say, he's under, underrated. underrated. And for the time that this man was writing at the end of the 19th century, I mean, excuse me, 20, early 20th century, this man's writing these stories that we haven't even been able to accurately put on film in the 21st century. So um, he had uh, collections of works, you know, the mythos, the uh, Cthulhu mythos collection of works. And then there were short stories outside of that. And mm -hmm. Weird Tales was a magazine that he wrote for back in the early 30s. And this is one of the shorts, the Dreams in the Witch House. And it wasn't one of his better known uh, short stories. He didn't think it was one of his better stories either. So we had a big uphill battle there. But basically it follows the premise of Walter Gilman, who's a student at Miskatonic University. And he is dabbling in interdimensional travel, transcendual magic, and the Necronomicon. Yeah. So through this, he awakens this coven of witches and the witches familiar, the rat man and all sorts of crazy things happen. And that's where we just kind of used his basic building block of a story and changed up the lead uh, and did it our way, uh, bringing Definitely. him into the 21st century. Definitely. Now, Michelle, uh, before you got this role, were you a fan of Lovecraft? Did you know anything about him? What were your thoughts, ideas before you got this role? Um, this was actually the first time I'd ever heard of uh, Lovecraft or anything about him. And Bobby was adamant, you got to read the original story. <laughs> so when I went through and I read it, I was like, damn, this is pretty crazy. You know, it's a little trippy. 
And um, I just, you know, I'm like, how in the world are they going to, you know, how are you going to make all this happen, you know, with, with low budget? But I'm, I'm curious to see how, and I'm, I'm down for it. And I'm glad I did. It worked out. <laughs> Before we go further, Michelle, I got to ask you, you have like at least 95% of the screen time in this film, uh, at least. Did you feel the burden of that? Uh to carry it throughout the whole film and put maybe a little bit of extra pressure on yourself? I know my car felt the burden. I put about five <laughs> miles on my on my tires um during this. I don't know why this camera's I'm having a hard everything's backwards, sorry, and I'm yep. casting a shadow on my That's face. All right. I'm thinking That's all right. We could see you just fine. But um yeah, it was uh it was definitely interesting. Let me see, is this gonna be too dark? yeah that is okay that's too dark but um it it was uh definitely it was tiring and exhausting i mean you get scenes where you're screaming your head off for you know a half an hour at a time and then you see like a blip of that in the movie you know and then um and we're going for sometimes 16 hours a day and there was very few scenes that i wasn't in so there mm -hmm. was there was a few things that i didn't see filmed but everything else i was there for so that's i mean it's pretty cool to be there for all of it mm -hmm. you know, get to see everything that's happening and i mean I don't, I don't really feel like it was like a burden i thought it was pretty cool myself oh it definitely sounds cool now bobby uh you mentioned earlier about how you wanted to add your adaptation into the story uh did you know offhand when you started writing this script exactly what aspects you wanted to change what aspects you wanted to keep and so on well um brian usna of Re the producer of reanimator and you know, shrunk the kid and uh, john penny return of the living dead mm -hmm. they really kind of were looking at the story from a fresh set of eyes trying to help us adapt it because it's just so much going on in that story and in such a short amount of time. And we had to stretch this to make it feature length. So then we've got to have a lot of ideas and it's got to not suck. So <laughs> we had our ideas and then we make some rewrites. They toss some ideas and kind of tell us this won't really work, you know? And I feel like, uh, I hope I'm answering it in the right way, mm -hmm. but, uh, Adapting the story, first, the big thing was change the gender because I really love strong female leads. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alien. That's my favorite film of all time. Sigourney Weaver is my favorite female actor of all time. Sigourney Weaver in this, that from the get-go, he's like, you gotta be, you're my Sigourney. Ripley. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be. You're Ripley. <laughs> yeah, you're my Ripley through this, yes. And so uh, that was a that's a big you know thing for us there too. Um, we that just, was a lot of up to you know trying to be Sigourney. It's like no pressure, just be Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was probably our big thing, you know. And we, I could say we had just you know all the descriptions of the ancient alien worlds, the old elder ones, and. You've, you've got to either have a million dollar Guillermo del Toro over here or they're going to laugh you off the block, you know, yeah. like it's a 1950s beach creature. And so <laughs> we had to find that fine line of where we can get a, what we can get away with creatively 
before they see when you're running out of money in the special effects department. So absolutely. Uh, now, Michelle, this was shot in Indiana's uh, Hannah House, sort of an infamous place uh, for being haunted. Are you yeah. a kind of person who gets spooked easily? Did you have any reservations about shooting there? Well, um, I normally don't get spooked too easily, but um, there was a couple times there that did freak me out. It's probably one the one of the more haunted places that I've ever been, other than this one house I lived in years ago. But um, yeah, I see my first shadow figure there, and I thought it was just somebody from the cast or crew messing with me. And wow. And it was, I was on the bottom porch outside and there's this, this top um, balcony and I look up and I see this and it's just as solid as one of us, you know, and it's just, but it's black and it's just, and it just walked right past. And I'm like, that's somebody messing with me. And then everybody's up front and I'm like, there's nobody back here. I'm the only one. So then there was a, a median psychic on the team and she told me it was the mother uh, uh greeting her her baby that she lost and wow. then i got to the bathroom where there was no lock on the door you have to have a skeleton key luckily there was another door for me to get out that was the day that we were wrap, supposed to be wrapping up filming and it was like it didn't want us to leave mm-hmm. um there was a couple other instances too so it was uh wow you guys- I wouldn't say like nerve wracking. It was it it piqued my interest more though. But then I'm like, well, this is happening. Like, I mean, other what other could? So I mean, it was it wasn't worrisome really, but it was um, kept you on edge. Yeah, yeah. You just never knew when it was gonna. You know, you wouldn't even be thinking about it, and then all of a sudden something like that would happen. So no, it but- made me a. That's for sure. It definitely sounds that way. Bobby, did you uh, have to fight to get this location? And according to what Michelle is saying, the location definitely, you know, helped with the ambiance. It sounds like on set. Uh, Tell us how you got the location. Uh, Well, we, uh, we looked at a couple older buildings and, smaller homes that looked kind of the attic is the centerpiece of that story. Mm -hmm. And so that had to be key. And we went and luckily met with the man from the Hannah house and is the caretaker. He has a travel channel, all these ghost channels and people have wanted to come in there and shoot. And he's all told them no, Mm -hmm. but for some reason he told us yes. Wow. But he was under the, well, at first we wanted to, we asked him if we could get some exterior shots and then we were going to try to do some soundstage construction and, and use different locations for the interior. Well, he kind of likes Miller Lite a little bit and a, a very lubricated afternoon of talking <laughs> with him. He says, you know, you guys can shoot inside if you want. Well, he thought when the word shooting means we're going to shoot some pictures with like a little tripod or something. No, the <laughs> day we showed up, with groceries, like racks of wardrobe, special effects. I mean, we've got computers, cameras, all this stuff is showing up. He says, you guys are like moving in. I thought you meant like a couple shots. And three years, yeah, uh, he he had to really think about it. He's like, he didn't want to break our hearts. And 
we, we, we had to, there was a, a strong afternoon where he was like, am I going to let these unknown people do it? And uh, he realized he'd try to sit there with us and babysit, but we wouldn't get done until two, three in the morning. Wow. And so sure. he wanted to get home. So he just gave us a key and the code to the place. And uh, not one dollar was exchanged uh, over the that three year period. That's uh, great. I mean, we he's a caretaker by himself there, and it's a pretty large property. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how we got into doing it, but we just started mowing the grass for him, clearing brush. The the crew members, Beth Hale, our producers, they were inside cleaning the house. Uh, we held a special event there, uh, Paranormal Day, and we screened the film at the house and raised enough money to pay the property taxes almost for a full year there. That's awesome. And we're all still friends and talk all the time, so. That's great, wow. I mean, that you gotta say, that, that was awesome luck, getting the property. Uh, Michelle, when you got the script and you read it, uh, Tell us what went through your mind. Uh, did you like, wow, this is great. Wow, this is going to really freak me out. What ran through your mind? Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, ooh, witches, sweet. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's funny because when I read the script, it was almost a completely different story than what it ended up to be in the end. Because of all of the rewriting mm -hmm. with Yuzna and Penny and those guys, like, yeah, I was, I was interested from the get-go with all the craziness going on with it. But at the same time, like I said, it changed so much. And it just kept getting better. But I get frustrated with Bobby. I'm like, oh, again, we got to shoot that. Yeah, like, that was so good. Why do we got to do that? And he's like, because it doesn't fit there. I'm like, it fits fine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, nope, nope, we got to redo it. And so, you know, there was a lot of uh, story changing along the way, though. Oh, yeah. So. That's pretty normal, though. Now, Bobby, when you were writing Alice, first of all, great move to changing the protagonist from a male to female. I completely agree with that decision. It was a great move to make. When you were writing Alice, uh, Alice's character, did you already have Michelle uh, in mind? Did you write Alice for Michelle? Or did you write the screenplay <laughs> and then Michelle came into the picture? I like to have an idea of an actress in my head. And I originally went through a talent agency in Indianapolis. Uh, there's some great talent there, uh, but the subject matter we're dealing with in a conservative market in the Bible Belt Midwest, mm -hmm. it's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to get a girl that's into commercial work and some rom-coms and things like that over here. And they think it'd be fun to be a scream queen, but unless they've really been one, they don't know what really is entailed in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking 65 degrees outside, wearing next to nothing, running around, covered in blood, that Four, type of stuff. I five degrees out there where next to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> jumping into gore, like gross water. And, you know, so I was trying to avoid that. Um, and really, I had a lot of really good selections, but I would clear everything through Brian Usna. Mm -hmm. And I went through 15 girls and he turned every last one of them down, Michelle included. Wow. And so uh, <laughs> then we were like... Yeah, turned her down twice. He said, I don't think she's good for the project. I don't think she's going to work. I don't and, audition well, and I told Bobby that. I'm like, I do not audition well. <laughs> and so we very luckily through working in the horror convention circuit, because Michelle and I, a lot of us have 
you know, like hammered this in the past decade going around to these shows and we get to meet a lot of people. And so we're just literally, I'm on my last straw and I'm like hunting around, hunting around, hunting around. And she's got her booth set up with her films over there. And my buddy said, Michelle, it's Michelle. I was like, totally Michelle. And then, so after that con, she's at the pool and I'm just sitting there and she jumps in the water and just happens to swim right in front of me and does the whole little frog <laughs> graceful thing. And I thought, man, I want to use her in a movie and do something like that where she jumps into a lake or a pond to uh, go from one dimension to the next. And that rest is history. What's funny is Brian and John, uh, when they saw our first, you know, principal photographer, I said, I'm just going to go with it. They, mm -hmm. I've got to trust my feelings that I want to use her in this film. And boom. Then he says, I like your girl. She's very convincing for the role. Yeah. I didn't correct him, but that's funny. <laughs> That's the girl you turned down twice, buddy. And now she's very convincing. So kudos, Michelle. It's a little different watching somebody on audition tape than seeing them in real life. Uh, Michelle, did you gain a new appreciation for horror after doing this film? Well, I already had a pretty good appreciation for horror because I, I uh, have done quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I learned a lot from these guys. You know, they're uh, really good at what they do. And I already knew that, you know, going into it. And, you know, I'd seen some of Bobby's other works before. I'd seen Belly Timbers and uh, one that he helped produce, uh, Room 223 or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, and I knew that I hadn't seen the one that he did with Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder. I think I seen part of it at, at A Days of the Dead. But I knew his potential. And then so when he came at me, with it, it was just like, you know, I, I, I just knew that it was going to be good no matter what he was doing that mm -hmm. together. I knew that we had worked together really well. So great. Now, Bobby, you mentioned something earlier again, that was very interesting and it's very accurate uh, about HP Lovecraft. Even today in the 21st century, it is so difficult to explain his stories and put them on film what at what part if you can pick one of his storytelling did you find most challenging when alice has her one of her first nightmares and she wakes up and she's on this alien world and she's seeing all these alien mechanics that are moving and like buildings that look thousands of years old and this demon as a thought like she sees all this that's pretty vivid and clear mm -hmm. and so like how on earth are we going to pull that off so she got a cornfield <laughs> i mean i we we thought that we can do a lot more with her being in bed asleep and then throwing it out there that she's out there seeing all this stuff but um we had a hard time because I was like searching for how can I show these vivid nightmares and put and Brian's like quit having her out in the woods so much. Let's bring her back into the house because the house is a character itself. Yeah. And the geometric stuff going on in the attic, that's what we had to focus on. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, who I'm, I'm thinking you'd have to have a Marvel budget, you know, yeah. to show. I mean, this I stuff. As I was watching the film, I was thinking about that. You really added in some uh, big-time visual effects with her dreams, the image, uh, the imagery. 
Uh, and working on a budget, did you find you, yourself having to get really innovative and creative? Uh, yeah. Uh, and one thing I think is great, um, hands, hands really is that a witch uses a lot of things that are found in nature, rocks and stones, bones, stuff like that's the, the lore horror, you know, voodoo-ish type creepy stuff. So very lucky we had uh, Aaron Tremble, our costume designer on set because with the coven scenes and the way that, you know, the altars, all that kind of stuff. I think that was us time to show that in, in that realm of the mystery of the unknown, what's going on on this altar with the baby, what's going on over here. Uh, so we had a lot of fun. Uh, it's funny, my, uh, our executive producer, Mike, we, we thought of a cocoon at some point, like this thing that's in a tree that this demon would come out of. And so we built this thing and it's still in his tree <laughs> to this day. <laughs> I mean, he's not moving. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It'll have leaves on and it'll get, it's just going to look crazier over time. It's a good conversation piece in his Absolutely. backyard. Uh, I loved how you closed out the film. Uh, we're not going to spoil anything, obviously. But did you uh, did you have to did you toss around a lot of ideas on how you were going to close the film out and settled on the way you did? My goodness, yes. Um, that's the hardest thing is to to conclude it, and that's what we really wrestled around with. But I like how we pulled that together and how. Uh, it comes across. I mean, you could really do more with it, but in the end of the short story, you know, we show you what they show you in the end of the short story, but it's just his stuff. I would, I was like to say Lovecraft is like a biblical writer. Yes. The Bible is open to so much interpretation. Like his stories are, you could take five people and have them read the story and say, what did you get from it? And you get so, five different answers. Totally. And so it's like, what do, what's our, we had to interpretate it. And now we're giving it to the audience. And I'm hoping that it does uh, spark some people interest in his work. And maybe mm -hmm. some people will go and look up the source material and, and judge for themselves, you know, and see if they like it. Me too. Me too. Uh, now, Michelle, before we go, uh, one question for you. Uh, what did you walk away with from this film that you'll hold for the rest of your career? Was it an experience? What did you learn in making H.P. Lovecraft's Witch House that you didn't really see coming, that surprised you and you're going to take with you for the rest of your career? Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> the dreams, the scary dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that house. No, um, you know, the experience I think that I'm going to take with me is with everybody, the team that we worked with was everybody was so amazing and I made some best friends out of it. And some of us are all working on future projects together nice. and we, we learn a lot from each other. Uh, everybody was just wonderful because yeah, it was a 95% of it, but it took a whole lot of people to make this what it was. So absolutely. I want to thank the both of you for coming on here and sharing your thoughts and experiences about making this movie. Uh, Michelle, I'm assuming you probably never want to go to the Hannah house ever again with the experience. Oh, no, I love her. I love it. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a friendly ghost. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as they wanted you to stay, which is good, as opposed to them wanting you to go the moment you step foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one that wanted me to go was, I think, Grandma. You, you know the scene where 
the redhead and I kind of get close. Mm -hmm. Well, we were in grandma's room and back then they weren't, uh, yeah, yeah. They weren't, they weren't jiggy with that, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> I totally and, understand. And grandma, or somebody stuck their thumb in my knee during that scene. I was like, <gasps> and I had to catch my breath. Like, it hurt so bad. And then uh, she was feeling, the other girl with me was feeling like needle pricks, like pin pricks. And, wow. And, that. and we had the sewing room was right next to us. So I'm like. That's the only time I think I felt not wanted there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I add our when the day we started shooting there, the batteries drained very quickly on everything. Mm -hmm. We were spending twenty dollars a day just on double A batteries for mm -hmm. the sound equipment. And they say that that type of paranormal energy will drain batteries. Oh yeah. And the one big paranormal event that we all noticed, uh, it was a scene where she's laying on a ballroom floor and the witch is crawling over her, listening. Um, we actually, I was hearing what sounds like a baby crying and it kept, you know, how men can tune that out a little bit, but mm -hmm. it just kept tending in my ear. And it's like almost one in the morning on a Sunday. Wow. There's no real things around that house. And I said, Hey, Toby, are you picking that up? My audio engineer takes his headphone off and he says a baby crying. And when yeah. he, I didn't tell him what I heard, I mm -hmm. said, are you picking that up? And he said, a baby crying. And when he said that, the whole room felt silent. Wow. And we heard it for a couple more times, and then it stopped. And we were all like, all right, do we agree we heard that? And we all, we kept, because we had so much more to shoot. But the caretaker won't tell you what type of things are happening there. He'll let you come to him and tell him what you've seen. And he'll tell you, he'll give you an interpretation of it. Because people will try to say they feel it in the walls and all the stuff. But he said that that was baby Elizabeth that we heard. Wow. She was the baby of the woman that you saw walking on the little thing. Yeah. Uh, she was born for three days, died, and they buried her on the property. And then they ended up moving that body and interring it at Crown Hill Cemetery years later. Yeah, wow. Jam. <laughs> You guys had some definitely interesting experiences out there. I'll tell you that much. Again, to our audience, the movie is called H.P. Lovecraft's Witch House. It's available today on DVD, digital, on demand. Check it out. It stars Michelle Morris as Alice. It is written and directed by Bobby Easley over here. Check it out. And, you know, H.P. Lovecraft is... What everybody thinks that Stephen King is the original scary horror author. No, there were people before him. And uh, Stephen King is great, but H.P. Lovecraft was on a level on all on his own back in those days. So check it out. I want to thank our guest, Bobby Easley, Michelle Morris. On behalf of all of us, stay safe and stay walking. Good night, everybody. Thanks for having us. Okay.